what you were discussing, you just made me think how the United States in particular, this whole this whole scenario that's been unfolding, this these developments around Russia during the military operation, just feels like the U.S. just uh, exerting this Washington consensus and sort of just exporting the consequences onto Europe. And, uh, yes. and Europe is bowing down like good puppets and yes. doing exactly uh, what the U.S. wants, but ultimately what will just uh, completely and utterly and already is just destroying the uh, the economic base of those societies. It's just, it is quite astounding to see. And then you have, on the other hand, you have Russia and China just on these opposite trajectories, right? And uh, right as this operation was kicking off, Russia and China published a statement about how firm their friendship is. Mm -hmm. What is the significance of that here, right? What is the significance of the Russian military operation in terms of this Russia, this military operation and this new world order that's emerging? Like, how is this partnership going to lead the way? You've, you've spoken on some aspects, so maybe you yes. could expand on, on it because it's so important because in the West, here in the U.S. especially, this is seen as a huge threat. And you saw the U.S., uh, administration, Blinken, all of them saying China needs to hold Russia accountable, right? <laughs> After the U.S. has been uh, basically militarily encircling China, uh, trying to conduct its own kind of economic warfare, even more, I think, pathetic than how it's uh, handling the Russia situation. Uh, but after all of this aggression and hubris and just antagonism, it's the U.S. saying China. Go get your go get your friend over here. Stop stop with all of this. <laughs> you know, like what? So, could you explain how the Russia China partnership uh, really factors into all of this? Wow, we could uh, we could go on for hours on this one, Danny. Uh, it's been the focus of my work for over the for the for the past ten years, at least, if not more, uh, since the start of the the New Silk Roads in. Uh, 2013, I've been covering uh, the New Silk Roads full-time on a weekly basis, including many trips, uh, China, uh, Central Asia, Pakistan, uh, Laos, and uh, <clears throat> in Southeast Asia. And it's, uh, it's, imp it's impossible for an average Westerner, an American, or even a relatively well-informed European uh, here in France or in Germany or in Italy, to, to understand the, the particularities and uh, the extremely nuanced relationship between Xi Jinping and Putin and the Chinese leadership and the Russian leadership, because something this is something they have been developing for years at, at the highest level, not only be, between the leaders, but by their uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, by their academics, by their research centers, by the interactions between some of their best intellectuals. Uh, of course, there, there is some resistance on both sides. There is some resistance in some sectors of the Russian intelligentsia because they fear that uh, Russia would be the minor partner in a relationship with China. And there are some, there are, there is some resistance in less, but there is in some uh, Chinese uh, uh, centers of uh, in excellence. Let's put it this way, because they they might think that Russia might drag them down 
because Russia is much more powerful in confrontational terms against the US than China really is. At the same time, the Chinese know that they are next, that the focus at the moment by this uh, toxic mix of neocons and neoliberals, humanitarian imperialists, these guys, these neoliberals, uh, China is next. They are starting with Russia and the ultimate threat is China. So this, they take this into consideration as well. Uh, Operation Z, uh, the liniments of what would happen, of course, Putin and Xi had already discussed between them. And uh, Wang Yi and Lavrov had already discussed between them, of course. Not the exact date where we would stop. Well, it would start, sorry. But uh, what might happen because uh, the Russians were not getting any response from the Americans when they started, okay, let's have a discussion about yeah. indivisibility of security. And absolutely nothing happened. Nothing. And the Russians already knew that nothing would happen. So right. they had to do it because they were already looking uh, when you are a good chess player you're already looking five moves ahead okay mm -hmm. so uh what if they don't do anything well we have a series of scenarios one of them is uh, we're going to pacify donbass uh, the problem is they had to do it the worst uh, possible way because russian intelligence found out that the uh, American NATO plan was to launch, a, was to instrumentalize the Ukrainian forces based on the border of Donbass to launch a blitzkrieg, which could turn into a genocide. Mm -hmm. And this was, they had to have 100% certainty. And they did before the, the, the start of Operation Z. There were, the difference were dates. Uh, the SVR, Russian Foreign Intel, they had three dates. Look, the, the blitzkrieg, the Blitzkrieg could start end of February, uh, mid-February, end of February, or the first two weeks in March. So in the end, Putin decided not to gamble and not to, okay, let's start this uh, as soon as possible. And uh, the mechanism was there because the same information was uh, shared by the Donetsk and Luhansk uh, leadership. They knew it. And that's why they uh, addressed Moscow look can you support us and can you recognize that we are two independent people's republics and that's what happened the kremlin recognized them as two independent people's republics they asked for help because they said look we're going to be invaded and that's that was the beginning of operation z of course none of these uh, technicalities and details is explained to western audiences so it's impossible for anybody in the US, Canada, or the whole NATO stand space to put the whole thing in context. Because if you don't know what happened in February, it's impossible to understand why Operation Z is deploying. And if you don't know what happened in Donbass for the past eight years, even worse, yeah. because this was a, re a Russian reaction to what was going on in Donbass. In my own case, I saw it by myself when I went there in 2015 people living in bunkers and being, being shelled all the time by Ukrainian forces. But very, very few people in the world knew, outside from Russians, knew about that or know about that. And that's the problem because the, the absence of contextualization about everything that is going on uh, le le leads us to the uh, 
the French called it pensée unique, uh, unique thought, which is a great, it sounds great in French, but not very good in English. So you only think under these terms. Putin is crazy and he lost an illegal invasion. He's killing people. And there's nothing else because there's no context. He snapped. And he just, he snapped. He just oh, he's evil and he's snapped. <laughs> so no, no context. And the context is extremely complicated. First to understand and um, immediately after to, to explain to people who are not familiar with the history of Russia, the history of Ukraine, the history of this whole region, uh, the complexity of the Black Sea, for instance, the question of Crimea, all that. It's very, very complex. And it, from the point of view of uh, the toxic marriage, neocons, neoliberals, it's very easy. You reduce this to a formula. The new Hitler, 